Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Friday, March 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians are getting ready to play their first Cactus League game. Uh, we're going to see them on the field as the Guardians with Terry Francona in the dugout for the first time. Uh, we had to wait a couple extra weeks here, but uh, the, the moment has finally arrived. Uh, Guardians baseball. Yeah, uh, and, and there's at different points of the winter, Joe, we, I didn't think we'd ever get to this point, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to start playing baseball, you know, uh, cactus league, the grapefruit league is in full swing. So, uh, you know, let's go, let's uh, see some ball and uh, let's uh, hope, hope, uh, you know, the guardians are, you know, can make some strides in this short, short spring training. Right. Well, the, the lineup that Terry Francona put out uh, this morning, uh, looks like if the if the season started today, this looks like the lineup that they would have to go with. Uh, not having made any uh, additions or, or moves or, or trades or, or free agent signings uh, in the early going of camp here, and brought anybody else in, uh, they're going to have to really go with the uh, the majority of players that were on the roster uh, at the end of the season last year. Uh, we can go through the lineup real quick: Miles Straw in center field. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop, Jose Ramirez at third, Bramil Reyes at DH, Bobby Bradley at first, Bradley Zimmer in right, Yu Chang at second, Oscar Mercado in left, and Austin Hedges catching. So that's going to, to, to really sort of mirror what I think Francona is going to want to do uh, during the regular season if he's got this to work with. Uh, the only difference will be Tanner Tully won't be on the mound when, when they open up in uh, Kansas City. Uh, the uh, pitching staff won't really, you won't really see any of the regular pitchers until maybe a week into the games. Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, the, uh, the rotation and, uh, you know, the big league staff is, you know, just still getting their feet under them, still getting their arms ready. So, you know, they'll send in, they're going to send, uh, you know, minor league pitchers, Tan, uh, Tanner Tully, a left-hander that, uh, you know, pitched a lot in the minors last year. Um, so he's going to be, he'll start the game followed by a bunch of guys that, you know, no one is really, unless you're, you know, really familiar with the farm system, you haven't seen much of, or don't know much of. Right. And that, that'll be the case for uh, at least the first couple of games here. And we'll see the, the regulars in the, the, the position players 
come back again and maybe play again on Sunday, which is maybe uh, sooner than, you know, we would normally see guys come back and, and, and start to, to get to play back-to-back games and, and things like that, uh, just because of the compressed, you know, time frame here in the in spring training. Yeah, you know, I think uh, they've been emphasizing batting practice, live batting practice. Uh, so I think they'll try, try to incorporate, you know, playing a couple innings in these these uh, exhibition games, two three innings, you know, the first week with as much batting practice as they uh, can get in. Uh, I think the guys that aren't playing, the regulars or, you know, the 40-man the position players that aren't playing today are going to stay back in Goodyear and take batting practice against, again, you know, live batting practice against pitchers. And the idea is just to get as many as, as at-bats as they can for a lot of guys that haven't really seen live pitching this winter. I mean, we were talking to Fran Mill Reyes, and he said he hadn't faced live pitching all winter. Yeah, that's uh, it, it. You got to get them up to speed and get them on speed, really, uh, in the box there. Uh, Tito said that uh, tomorrow's game against the White Sox, you're probably going to see, uh, you know, a, a bunch of younger kids uh, from the younger side of, of the, the 40-man roster there uh, making their debuts uh, against the White Sox in a road game for Cleveland. Uh, you know, we, we did get to talk to Tito uh, this morning, and he gave us uh, injury updates on guys like Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman. What do we learn about those guys? Yeah, Nolan Jones, you know, is coming off the ankle surgery, and I guess that's going all right, but it sounded like he tweaked his back running, you know, earlier in camp or in, at some time, maybe, you know, he couldn't, he was locked out. So I'm not sure when that injury happened, but, you know, he's behind and uh, Tyler Freeman, you know, is coming off that left shoulder surgery, uh, the labrum surgery. And uh, he tweaked his shoulder, you know, during BP, uh, you know, during his own BP, I think, uh, you know, during the lockout. So, you know, he's, he's, he's about a week a week or two behind. He told me that, you know, before the lockout ended, he thought he'd be a, like a week to two weeks behind. And Nolan Jones, I would imagine, is kind of in the same boat there. So, you know, I, I, you know, Nolan Jones is, a, is an interesting guy, you know, high prospect. We just, you know, uh, we just haven't seen enough of him. You know, is he a third baseman? Is he a first baseman? Is he an outfielder? And Freeman, you know, is a guy in the mix. Number one prospect is in the mix to, uh, play second or short and um you know this is this you know obviously he's going to open on the either on the injured list or in the minors yeah and you know like you said jones this is a time when jones should be you know pulling out all the stops trying to win a spot on the on the uh the opening day roster if he can but uh, you know again the a back injury like this is going to delay him and, and cost him at bats cost him appearances where every at-bat in spring training right now is, is, is precious for a guy trying to win a spot on the roster. Yeah, and, and the short spring got really worse against those two guys. Yeah. Uh, another guy who's uh, maybe a, a day or two behind some of the pitchers is Aaron Savali. He worked, uh, was working double time as a player rep for the MLB Players Association. He was Cleveland's representative uh, during the negotiations for the new CBA. Uh, he flew in on Sunday night and uh, didn't throw his first bullpen until Tuesday, according to Tito. Yeah, <laughs> it's a heck of a, heck of a time to uh, be the player rep. I mean, uh, I think Savali kind of, he might've got caught holding the bag here because if, if Bieber and Lindor were the player reps uh, before this happened. And, and Lindor, of course, has been seriously involved in all the negotiations. He was a member of the executive 
what the executive uh, branch or so whatever council, the was. executive council there's eight of them yeah, yeah. yeah the executive council but Savali's kind of just standing on the corner and they said do you want to be the player rep and he raised his hand and so he's been working hard those guys really I, he, I, from what I heard he did a great job you know keeping his teammates informed of what was going on and uh so he's a, a couple of days behind but you know Tito said he looked good in his bullpen and uh, shouldn't shouldn't take too long to uh, get up to speed. Yeah, Savali is an example of when being the smartest guy in the room might not be to your advantage sometimes because uh, you know that's he's the he's the guy that all the the, the Guardians players point to as uh, you know the northeastern guy, the the uh, the smart guy, the engineering student, and all that. Uh, sometimes when you're the smart guy, you get stuck doing the uh, the work that uh, the other guys don't want to do, but. He, uh, he definitely came through uh, for, for Cleveland in those negotiations. Uh, as far as other guys that we talked about today, uh, we mentioned Oscar Mercado. Uh, he's in uh, perpetually in the outfield mix, I guess, is the way you can uh, describe Oscar Mercado. But Tito said that Mercado came to camp uh, uh, looking a little different this year. Yeah, came to camp uh, 20 pounds heavier. Uh, you know, he, last year he was listed at 200 pounds. Uh, so he's up, I guess, you know, if you believe the listings in the uh, media guide, he's up to 220. And uh, the good thing is, uh, Francona said he hasn't lost any agility. Uh, so hopefully this makes him a little stronger, can drive the ball, you know, can drive the ball farther and make more contact. But, uh, you know, Francona said something I thought it was really uh, kind of germane. He just said, uh, you know, what this guy has to do is he's got to get consistent at the plate, make consistent contact, swing at strikes consistently and lay off, you know, lay off bad pitches. You know, that's what we heard out of uh, Framo Reyes the other day was controlling the strike zone is a, is a priority. Uh, maybe that message will be carried to Oscar Mercado as well. Uh, you also asked about Trevor Steffen, uh, rule five pick from last year and he made a uh, state on the roster and uh, you know, his, is, is with the club now uh, again what are they looking for out of him in in 2021 is sort of the next step in that progression yeah definitely he was kind of a surprise Joe I thought he was a pleasant surprise as a rule five guy last year you know obviously didn't pitch in some leverage situations until the mid late season you know he started then he started to come on a little bit but uh, Tito said it in their you know in their meetings uh, the pre-spring training meetings they told him the gloves are off now it's now now it's your time to uh, progress to get better and and make you know force yourself into those high those high leverage situations the situations with the game on the line they they want to see him in those situations and improve and work to uh, gain you know be able to pitch in those situations where they trust them. Well, one of the guys on the uh, Guardians roster who thrives in those those late game situations uh, on the offensive and defensive side, and you know is 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 about as clutch as you can get. Uh, in fact, one of the that's one of the reasons why uh, MLB Network just recently named Jose Ramirez the uh, top it, it top overall third baseman in baseball right now, uh, according to MLB Network. Uh, Ramirez got that recognition. Uh, and you know, it's, it, it's, it, the timing of it just sort of, you know, strikes me as funny. And you mentioned listening to MLB network radio, uh, uh, in the car, the satellite radio station, 
and that they were having a, a lively discussion about how the Guardians should trade Jose Ramirez. Uh, we asked Terry Francona yesterday to, to comment on the, the trade rumors that have popped up all over the internet. And see, uh, Tito took that, uh, took that opportunity to say, hey, you know, anybody can, uh, you know, write rumors on a blog somewhere and post it on the internet. And he, he told us, he's like, well, you guys must have a real hard job trying to, to, to figure out when, uh, when those rumors are true and when they're not. Uh, this one really does seem sort of like, uh, you know, Jose is not going anywhere at least for the time being. And Tito said, you know, you can put it in ink that you, you, you have Jose at the, the number three spot in the lineup, but uh, you're not 100% convinced that, uh, you know, there, that a trade could be a possibility for Ramirez before the end of the season. Yeah, Joe, I, I just, uh, you know, especially in this uh, environment right now, you know, the front office, I know they're working hard at this, but they've done nothing to improve this club right now. We're, we're sitting here looking at, players and, and trades, you know, other teams bulking up through, through, through free agency, through trades. And uh, the Indians or the, uh, the Guardians have really done zip, you know, to really help yep. that 26-man roster. Every other, I, team, I just don't, every other team in the division has done something by trade or by free agency, but go on. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know, uh, this basic agreement was supposed to outlaw tanking. Are we seeing that <laughs> with the with – the, uh, with the guardians or kind of, are they, are they just, you know, going to plan to stay in neutral this season and, and build, you know, win 80 games again this, this year. I, I got it. You got to, you got to draw a difference between what the guardians are doing being sort of like not active and the difference between what Oakland is doing, which is being, which yeah. is actively tearing it down. At, Oakland is, is going to the studs. They're, they're ripping the the heart of their team out and trading away pieces and letting guys walk, uh, and and I, you don't even wonder why Bob Melvin saw this coming and, and just sort of you know headed for the hills because that's just an untenable situation in Oakland, but but for the Guardians they just haven't made any moves they haven't made any improvements in that in that regard. Yeah, and I think I think there's still a move there that they're going to make, Joe. I really do. I think there's there's a move, an impact move that they'll make, uh, you know. And I guess you know they've got to wait till everything else is gone, everybody else is gone, all the you know the the low fruit has been picked off uh, the trees, and then they'll they'll try to make a move. You know, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I, I I'm getting the impression of. But but right now, you know, you're not doing your fan base a whole lot of good. So I, I know that's why, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, saying, you know, Jose's not going anywhere. Ramirez right. isn't going anywhere. Right. That's, that's where I wanted to bring it back around to Jose is, you know, they, they can't trade away Jose right now. Just like for the reasons that you said, uh, how much interest is there going to be in this club when they come home to, to Cleveland, if Jose Ramirez isn't on the roster uh, for opening day, I, I can't see that being something that they would want to even entertain. Uh, now, two, three months into the season, if things aren't going the way that they had hoped or expected, we might revisit that conversation. But right now, I can't see a, a Jose Ramirez trade. A, you're not going to get, you know, value back for him. You're not going to get what you, what, what he should return for you in, in a trade. Uh, and that might be one of the reasons why. Uh, Antonetti and Chernoff have a history of holding out for, you know, what they, what they expect and what they demand for a certain player. We saw that with Corey Kluber. We saw it with Trevor Bauer. 
uh, until they find the right partner in terms of what they what they're getting in a return, you're not even going to see them entertain a, a Jose Ramirez trade. Yeah, and I think you know they've got a lot. They're swimming upstream here. You know, you, they're fighting a name change. They're fighting a lockout. And now, if you trade Jose Ramirez before opening day, you're not even going to sell sell out opening day. I mean, and you know that's a tradition in Cleveland that usually you sell out the home opener or the opening day in five minutes, and uh, that that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, I, I think you're right, Joe. The timing, you know, will will mean will you know timing is everything. And and so you know, could could will could Jose get traded during this season if if things go south? You know, and they're not playing well. Yes, you know they. It's better to trade them a year earlier than a, a year late. You know, a year later. Who becomes the face of the franchise if Jose Ramirez is traded? What 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 do the Guardians have? If you trade Jose Ramirez, who do you stick out there as your your leader, your best player, the guy that everybody in that clubhouse looks to? Well, I think Reyes would probably Framil Reyes, maybe Shane Bieber. But if you're if you're trading Jose, how is is Bieber right behind him? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think one move precipitates the other, but uh, Bieber's only in his first year of arbitration eligibility right now. So I, I think regardless, if you trade Ramirez, the the writing's on the wall in terms of what you're going to do with Bieber. Uh, you're not signing him to an extension at that point, unless uh, unless the the ownership situation. Uh, changes its timetable and, and we get some sort of injection of cash coming uh, a lot faster than we had, had anticipated. Yeah, and if you're Bieber and you, you see Ramirez go, you know, and who's going to score you know runs? You're rebuilding. <laughs> why would he? Why would he? Uh, why would he sign an extension even if they offered him one? Right. Well, uh, the Cactus League opener is uh, set to begin here in a few short hours. Uh, you've got the Guardians, you've got the Reds, and the Reds who have, who have been making moves and, and trading away pieces as well. Uh, so it should be a totally different lineup look for them. But Joey Votto's still in there, so they're still dangerous. Uh, as far as Tito, it, it's, what, 230 days since he had managed a team from, uh, from the dugout. So that'll be uh, a change for him. Uh, it'll be good to see Tito in the dugout, the, uh, the Guardians, uh, gear on the players on the field for the first time. Uh, it's just sort of uh, rip the bandaid off and start new and start fresh this season. Yeah, this is the maiden voyage. So uh, <laughs> let's go. It's it's always great. I, uh, you know, spring training baseball, the opener, the weather, I'm sure is great out in uh, Arizona. And, uh, and you know, it, it's, uh, it's a fun time of the year. And hopefully, uh, you know, they'll be able to, you know, get something going. And, uh, you know, just by the time, you know, these 20 games in, they'll be a little better position to compete in the AL Central. They'll have a little, uh, a little, a, a roster, which is a, a little, has a little more muscle to it. Right. Uh, did you tear up your brackets yet uh, after Kentucky lost last night? I'm terrible, man. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't well, do that. I, I, I wasted too much money trying to do brackets. Marquette lost, right? I, Marquette lost. I was going to say Marquette got upset. So I, I would figure that your interest isn't very high in the tournament right now anyway. So, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get through the weekend looking at our, our, our brackets and how things uh, full, unfold with the guardians on the field. And you'll be in uh, Arizona starting on Monday. We'll be back early next week at some point with another podcast. We'll talk to you then. Hoyton.
All right, Joe. Thank you.